Well, welcome to Real Life, Real Care. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and you've tuned in for part three of our four-part series, Saving Your Marriage Relationship with Bill Carpenter of the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center. Bill, thanks for being back with us in the studio today. Glad to be here. This has been such a great conversation already. And uh, I think that if couples or marriages only heard the first two in this series, mm-hmm. they would have been blessed from from hearing this conversation. And and yet we get two more conversations in this four-part series. So I'm excited to kind of see where we can go with sure. this in the limit, limited amount of time. Right. <laughs> As you and I have talked uh, off the air, mm-hmm. you and I can sit around and talk about this kind of stuff. Long time. For a long time. Yeah. Uh, and have, and I look forward to those future conversations mm-hmm. as well. So catching our listeners up a little bit, we've talked about what happens in emotional distance and separation in marriage. And in our last episode, we talked about the attachment, detachment and attachment processes that occur and and probably do occur in every marriage to some degree. So this is not really about good marriage versus bad marriage. Not at all. Or a marriage to look to and a marriage to ignore. Absolutely. So this attaching, detaching thing, it happens to all of us, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's normal. It's just as normal conflict and distress and disconnection is absolutely normal in every relationship with me and my wife. I believe in every single relationship. The key is when we are in a place of distress, misunderstanding, hurt feelings, can we repair? Yeah. Can we lean back into that distress? Our culture does not teach us how to be present in distress. We teach fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. It, which does not help the relationship overall. So this detaching is normal. It happens in the course of life. It happens in the course of marriage. Right. Those disconnection. Disconnection. I, I just like disconnection. Better. Let's do that. Let's use that word. Is that Let's, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Correct Thank me at any point in time or give no, me better no. words. I We're like just that. talking. We're just talking. <laughs> disconnection right. is a natural part of any relationship over time. Absolutely. So what we're talking about is not that if you've ever felt disconnected from your spouse, your marriage is doomed. You have. Absolutely. You have felt disconnected. Yeah. So that's a normal, we're normalizing that intentionally. This is an okay thing to have occurred or maybe even occurring right now in your relationship. Right. What we're advocating for, and this conversation has been all about is uh, the marriages that stay in trouble, that get to a point of despair and permanent detachment are those that have not learned how to or have stopped for whatever great reason they've got, they've stopped reconnecting. Right. And so what we're going to talk about today is for that couple that gets there and goes, okay, I'm feeling hope for the first time again. Mm. I'm going to give God a chance here to do what Mm. he said he was going to do, which is make us into, give us a oneness that I haven't felt maybe in maybe forever, at least in a long time. And I think there's things in the way. And they've, they've come to someone like you at the Carpenter's Hope, and they go, okay, you, you've at least got us for now. Right. We're willing to, <laughs> right. to start I, I, this. Uh-huh. What do you, how do you get them started? What do you tell them to do at the end of that first session when they've kind of explained their despair and their anger, and they've let all these surface emotions come out, and they've explained where they are? Mm-hmm. What's your first, what do you do with that as a counselor in your, in your chair, just right. even when they leave the very first time? Yeah. And so on assignments, uh, I ask him first, could I give you an assignment? Because I'm always asking. The, the ask is not, does not have an implied yes. I don't, if they said no, I just smile and say, okay. Then that's where it, we are. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. But <laughs> if they're willing to hear the assignment, then I also give them permission before I tell them what the assignment is. You don't have to do this. In fact, 
I don't care if you do it. And in fact, the now, next bill, you're not sabotaging your own work. There, no, okay. no, I'm giving permission. Gotcha. Typically, in other words, it, this is their choice. Yeah. 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 It, and so in most relationships, 75%, one of them is absolutely going to be the one that would do the assignment meticulously and that day. Hmm. And the other one won't for a thousand good reasons. Yeah. They're not going to do it. So why would I put them in a place where they can't win? where they're going to get shamed by the partner who does it because then the partner who does the assignment says to themselves, I'm invested here. I'm showing that I'm this matters to me and you're showing that it doesn't matter. Yeah. So on the surface it was like, well, that feels like we're risking kind of reinforcing our stuck place. Right. And so I don't want to do that. Right. And so I just shrug my shoulders and I put my hands up in the air and I say, I don't care if you do it or not. It doesn't matter to me. And the next it's not going to be the end of the world if you don't do this. It just is not. And if you come back in, then I'm not going to ask you, did you do that assignment? I, w- I won't even ask. But here's the assignment. Yeah. It comes under the heading of noticing. Notice. Okay. What I want you to notice is two things. I'm just wondering if you could. Could you notice two things as you go out of here and you see these interactions that don't work? You see it, you're back in it again. It doesn't work. But this time, what I'd like you to do is notice what happens in your body. Mm. Because we feel it. We have this felt sense of something's not right in our bodies. And people use all kinds of words to describe this felt sense that doesn't feel good. So I'll just give you some words that I've heard. Tension in the back of my neck. It's Mm. rolling down into my shoulders. My mouth goes dry. I feel this tension in my chest. I feel a weight sitting. It feels like an elephant sitting on my chest or an anvil sitting. I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. I stop breathing. They'll talk about how their stomach is churning or the sick nausea feeling in their stomach. One person said it feels like a bowling ball in my stomach. My hands get tense. My face turns red. All kinds of things. My heart is heavy. My jaw is clenched. Oh, come on. All kinds of descriptions. Right. But it does feel. You feel it. awful. Right. When you're in that place you've been at that you don't want to be. And the research is that, and we don't teach this, we don't pay attention to our bodies. I think, I think that's my experience is we don't pay attention to our bodies in a way that's helpful for us. We feel all this negative. The research is that the body is six times faster than the intellect in sensing danger. Mm. It's just our body saying, hey, I feel threatened. I feel danger. Anytime, if you listen to a previous episode where I talked about the ARE questions and there's an answer that says no, when that, that, that no answer to accessibility, responsiveness, and engaged if a person says no to that, either verbally or non-verbally, they turn their back on you or they flat out just say no. That no sends off alarms, attachment alarms, bonding, connection alarms. Hey, I'm not safe. I don't feel good. And so they begin to feel that in their body six times faster. So my assignment to people, and I don't take this much time to explain it, I, but I say, just notice. Notice what happens in your body. I'm not asking you to change anything. Don't change anything. Just notice. Mm. Notice what happens in your body. The second part of noticing is notice what you do. Because when we feel this way, we have an action tendency that we usually take. 
So out of the feeling, then we do. What do you do out of that feeling? Just notice. Just notice what you do. So assignment number one, that if if they're willing to do it right. without pressure. Come on, with, baby. Just, yep. you know, if you're willing to do this, you're just, you're asking them to be aware of themselves. Exactly. And it seems like a lot of couples in conflict are very aware of what their partner Other, right. is doing. Right. Yep. Not right. And poorly. Right. But we can lose a sense of, wait a minute, what 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 do I feel? Yeah. What's, What's it going like on for with me? me? Right. And that's absolutely essential. It's essential to that we begin to reclaim a sense of our own selves in this relationship. The sense of when I do this, because where we're going is, gosh, when you do this, whatever it is, you felt that Mm -hmm. your action tendency was this. And when you do this, what does your partner do? Because your partner does something in response to that thing you're doing. But the first two things, as I've heard you say here, the first time, but notice, Notice what you feel and where do you feel it? How does it? And, and that may take you, that may take a little bit of time it, it in does. noticing. You may have to notice a few cycles of this. I may right. I may wonder the it's first time. It's not quick and easy. And then right. the next time I got to stop and think. Maybe even write it down. I don't know. Take a selfie, whatever, to right. just go look at me. Right. <laughs> look at right. Here's what I am when I feel this, and yes. here's where I feel this. Yeah. And then the second part of that is, yeah, what do I tend to do here? Right. What do I? What does? Physically, what do I do? How do I try to resolve it? Maybe some people, what are some, what are some things you've noticed that people do yeah, what they when do, they notice? What I'm hoping for, I'm, again, I don't, uh, so I'm real careful. Of, I don't tell people what to do. Right. At all. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Well, if you'll go home and if you'll behave in X, Y, Z, then you'll solve this problem. You don't tell them to go to the mirror and read will, three verses to no, themselves. No, God bless them. No. Sticky no, notes on the no, door frames. It never worked for me. I'm not going to do that with you. But what I'm hope what I what people tell me is that as they begin to notice, they be, they do they begin to notice and they say to themselves something like, "I'm doing it again. Mm. I'm feeling it." I feel this and I'm doing it and I can't stop myself, but at least I can see it. I'm doing it. And they're still yelling at their partner. They're still going away, right. but they're aware of what's happening. Right. So you're not asking them, Hey, I want you to, to um, notice where you feel it and take all the blame for feeling that exactly. way. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Right. Because I, I work from a no shame and no blame. You're not the problem, and your partner is not the problem, but it's this thing you guys do. And so you're, the reason your body feels that is God created your body to feel that way. Exactly. And to respond. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. I wish our audience could see your hands I in know, the air. This, right. this is a the big smile. Yeah, yeah. You got a big smile on your face. This is how God created our right. bodies. It's so beautiful. Uh, even our unconscious, whatever you want to call that, yeah. our perception, our awareness, right. it, Come on. it's created to respond mm. and feel. Yes. Right. But we discount that a lot or we ignore it or right. we don't because, account for it. Because those hurt so much. The hurt is exquisite. It's so painful. And again, we want to move away from pain. And it's been that way since the Garden of Eden. Since the Garden of Eden, what did yeah. they do? They went and hid. Yeah. Right? I don't want to feel this. I don't acknowledge this. Right. I just want to get away. I want to fix it myself. I'm going to go create some fig leaves for myself. I'm going to cover up my shame. Yeah. Instead of bringing my shame to God and 
maybe even harder, I'm not sure, but bringing my shame and my guilt to my most important person in the whole wide world. Now that now that's a scary step, and we need, we need to move in that direction here after this break and see what that's all about. So the, Bill Carpenter is with us today. This is part three of Saving Your Marriage Relationship, and you're listening to Real Life, Real Care. Well, as we take a break here, I want to just tell you a few things about Bill and the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center. Bill can be reached personally in his center at a couple of different ways. I'm going to give that to you in just a minute. So if you don't have something to write this down with, grab something. But if something you've heard so far on this series, Saving Your Marriage Relationship with Bill Carpenter, is meaningful to you or someone that you know, we want you to be able to share this. We want you to tell them about this weekend show that comes on, Real Life, Real Care. We want you to share that. We also want you to know that you can share this episode even after it's aired you can go to itunes and search for real life real care with dr barry wingfield and then you can share this on facebook by email even by text you can let them know that they can download and listen to this message on saving your marriage relationship you can also go to soundcloud if you're not an itunes follower just go to soundcloud.com and run the same search Real Life, Real Care with Dr. Barry Wingfield, and you can forward this episode. To get in touch with Bill Carpenter at the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center, you can call 501-920-6096. You can email him at info at tchcc.us, and that just stands for the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center.us, info at tchcc.us. And you can also call us at the care clinic as we have other students and other counselors in training that work in these same issues that deal with saving marriages. And that's at 501-219-9245. Well, let's get back to this very important conversation with Bill Carpenter, Saving Your Marriage Relationship. So, Bill, we're back here, last half of our third episode in this series, and we've just reiterated before the break that as you've instructed a couple that's leaving your office for the first time to, to if they're willing, if they want to, if they decide to, doesn't matter really one way or the other, it's just a place to start and it could be helpful. Notice what you feel and then notice what you do with what you feel. Right. But this is not a shame game. I'm right. not. We're not keeping score. I'm not going to ask for who did what wrong to mm-hmm. whom when mm-hmm. when you come back. I'm just wanting you to notice things about you. Yes. Not about your partner right, right now. Just about yourself. And so let's say somebody comes back and says, you know, one thing I notice is that every time I'm in this circumstance or this situation, I, I feel like I've got. I think one of the examples you gave was I got. I realized I feel like I've got a bowling ball in my chest and mm. I can't breathe. Mm. And so I've noticed that what I do is I just leave. I go somewhere where I can, where I feel like I can got air. Cause I feel like right. in that moment, all the air sucked out of the right. room Can't breathe, and I can't breathe. And right. so I respond to my body's feeling of right. suffocation right. by going somewhere where I feel like there's air. Right. Yeah. Your body can't lie. Your body cannot lie. Mm. So your body is going to take care of itself. And so the person who's fighting for and the person who's protecting by going away, their bodies are just naturally in that place doing what they need to do to take care of themselves. What God's designed them to do. Right. It's a highly protective and adaptive move for both sides. Both sides are highly, they're taking highly adaptive moves, protective moves, both sides. And unfortunately, it doesn't bring them together. 
it pushes them apart for really good reasons. So once they've noticed this, they've, they've taken you up on this optional assignment. Mm-hmm. They were bold. Yeah. They were risky. It is. It's risky. Yeah. They were like, uh, I don't know about this thing, but you know, okay. Yeah. I can notice myself. That doesn't feel quite so mm-hmm. uh, scary because it's just me. I'm, mm-hmm. And they bring that back. What do we do with that when we come back and see you? Yeah. And so when I'm working with couples, just, uh, I'm going to work with both. And so, so much of what's happened for one, the other person's unaware of it. So much that's going on inside. Because the person who goes away, for instance, most, my assumption is, and I don't know this, I never know this until I spend time with them, but what my uh, assumption is that they feel like a failure. They're going away, they can't get it right, they feel like a failure for really good reasons. Again, I don't know until we explore that. And so I would explore that with a person. Gosh, when you feel that bowling ball sitting on your chest and and just feels like you can't breathe. That's, that, does, oof, that doesn't feel good for me just to hear that. I felt that when you said that. I felt that bowling ball in my chest. And so I, I can feel this for me. What's it like for you? Nobody explores for that person what it's like for them in that place. Mm-hmm. And then I check in with the other. So they explore that. They give me some words. And, and sometimes they say, I don't know. And I say, of course you don't know makes sense that you wouldn't know. And so I just help them begin to access that place. It feels like a bowling ball on their chest where they can't breathe. It's such a real place. And then I check in with their partner. What's it like to hear? Did you know? And so often, for really good reasons, no, they didn't know. But what's it like to hear? And so they'll they'll say things like, I'm sad or I'm frustrated or I'm angry about it. And, And whatever their response, it's okay. It, their response makes sense. And so I, I lean into their response. What's it like? And just help them begin to experience each other a little differently. And I pass that through me. And then as, as they get more comfortable with it, I begin to help them pass it to each other, not through me, but to each other. Could you turn and tell this person just simply, could you just simply turn and tell this person that when, when you're under in this place, that it feels like a bowling ball. Could you just that simple? Could you do that? And if they can, then I let them. You do know, that. To, to the couple or the individuals listening to this, that's not in this place. Yeah. That sounds so elementary. And well, right. why, what couple couldn't just turn and say, "Hey, I feel, I feel like I can't breathe when you do that." Right. But I've had them in my office, and you have too, where just asking a spouse that's been detached and in despair long enough right. to, would you turn and tell your partner what it feels like right now as you're even thinking about right. when you had that feeling last week? Right. It's amazing the the power of that moment right. as the tears flow and as right. they are not sure because maybe it's been forever since they've ever shared that kind of thing with their spouse. Right. And right. they almost worry. And some, honestly, and I'm sure you've seen this, some can't get the words to come out. Right. Even in that moment. And that's okay. It's really okay. It's yeah. beautiful. Whatever Whatever they can do is beautiful for me. And I'll say, I use the word beautiful a lot. It's not fun. It's not painful, but it is beautiful. Well, why would I think it's beautiful? Mm. Because change is in process right now. So what you see in that moment, even even the husband that can't turn to his wife and 
utter the words right or now. the wife that can't just write right in this now, moment. Just what in this moment they can't do it I right now. I can't do it. What you see is a beautiful beautiful picture of God working in God. them, whether they feel that way or not. Right. Yeah, it may not feel beautiful to them, but I know where we're going. Yeah, and I and, know where you're going. And just even their feet allowing themselves to feel that in that room at that moment in the presence of the other of the other right sometimes you don't even have to pass the words for that to be change producing right the words will come later we'll coach the words we'll get to the words we can help them find the words yeah but for some couples just being willing to feel it and the other person be there and at the same time see them feel it right it's kind of impossible not to feel with it is impossible when someone is feeling it and letting them see it it is impossible I was sitting again with a brand new couple the very first time, and this husband, I just keep asking. I wish I hadn't said that. It, I'm, I'm inquiring. I'm asking him about this. I'm trying to understand this place where he's at, and he starts weeping. Well, I didn't expect the weeping, but he starts weeping, and his wife is there with him with the weeping. She doesn't see this side of him, mm-hmm. the weeping side. He doesn't like the weeping side. Yeah. He does much better. Men aren't supposed to weep in our culture. Uh-huh. Not even in our churches. Right. Oh, come on, baby. Yeah. Uh, that, that'll preach right there. Well, that's another whole episode, right? It we'll is. Get there. We'll get it there. Is. <laughs> but he's experiencing this emotion, and she's getting to see it. And it surprises him that it came up. But that's what I do is I help them access emotion that's there that for really good reasons. They just just can't right now a little sidebar just a minute since we touched on this and i've experienced this over and over i know you have too that a couple sometimes even an individual will come in and and be willing to access and talk about things Mm -hmm. or experience emotions and they'll weep they'll cry Mm -hmm. and then they'll apologize right yeah i'm so sorry i'm sorry i cried right i'm sorry i got i didn't mean to i didn't mean to do this i didn't want to do this of course you didn't yeah and yeah and so part of what we do in our chairs go, that's okay. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's a good thing. Yeah. This is encouraging. This is good stuff here. Yeah. Trust me. I know where this goes. Yeah. It's, it's a good starting place. Yeah, I, I use the words, uh, I honor the tears. Mm. I love the tears. You're showing me something that's real. This is as real as it gets. And sometimes I look at the partner and I say, this is as real as it gets. This is uh, just looking at your body, your body is fully engaged in this. Your emotion is there. Your body is releasing tears, and you're showing me these tears. I talk about how in Psalms mm. it says that God has collected all of our tears in a bottle. That for me, they mean something. They mean something. Let's, let's can we camp on this for thirty seconds as a pet peeve? And Come on. I'm sure you have it as well. But for the and let me just speak to any husbands listening to this. Mm-hmm. Now, some wives need to hear this too. I'll yep. be honest with that too. But if tears say anything, they say strength and beauty. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of guts and courage mm-hmm. and fortitude and manliness, whatever you want to call it, to say, I'm willing to let you see these. <sighs> and if we can, again, you, I, like, I like how you say this, but if we can preach for a second, if David can weep for his lost child, right? If Peter can weep because he's failed again, yeah. If Jesus can weep 
because he's got a really hard task ahead. If he can weep for Jerusalem, if he can weep for Lazarus, his friend, if he can weep for all of us as he goes to the cross, if if those bold men of faith Mm -hmm. can weep at what God's doing and own that, why are, why are we so scared to say, hey, these tears are meaningful and they're strong? Right. Well, wouldn't that be something if everybody, that, if you and I at times, if others could come in and go, I've got some tears I need to share with you mm-hmm. and just own it right up right. front. Right. And that's kind of what you're coaching couples to do. Hey, you may feel sad. Let's feel sad together. Right. You may feel whatever you're feeling and mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. So I facilitate. I help them experience that which they can't experience right now. And those tears, they matter so much. It's that only emotion, just think about this line, this sentence, only emotion can heal emotion. Mm-hmm. Only emotion heals emotion. So I've got all this negative emotion. I've got all these negative feelings, this hurt, this failure, this blame, this disappointment, this irritation and frustration i've got all this negative emotion and i've just my hands tied up in a knot in a fist right now i've got this negative emotion well what i tell people is that that healing the healing comes for me as a christian it comes in christ my relationship my attachment my connection with christ but also on the face of this earth no one has more power to heal mm. my negative hurts than this most important person in the whole wide world. Not my dad, not my brother, not my children, not my friend. Nobody can he- bring healing into this hurt place in my life like my wife can. And also, the converse of that is true. No one has more power to hurt me mm. than my wife. Yeah, that closest person has so much potential. And I want to close on this thought of only emotion can heal emotion. You know, the most, even non-believers can quote John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. And you think about what was it that's, that saved the world? It was God's love. Mm-hmm. For God so loved yes. that he. And that emotion from God is what he gives us as a chance to reconnect with him. Right. And, and heal our damaged emotions and our brokenness as we go forward. And each other. And each other. Yeah, we share that with each other. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in our fourth and final episode of this series. Uh, we're with Bill Carpenter today, part three of a four-part series called Saving Your Marriage Relationship. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and this is Real Life, Real Care. Well, thank you for listening today to this episode of Real Life, Real Care. And Bill Carpenter was our guest today of the Carpenter Hope Counseling Center. In this series that we're calling Saving Your Marriage Relationship, you can access this episode by going to iTunes or to soundcloud.com and just search for Real Life, Real Care with Dr. Barry Wingfield, and it'll come up. And you can share this episode with someone in your family or friend or someone at your church or maybe even your pastor that they can then share with others. If you want to get a hold of Bill, you can contact him at the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center, 920-6096. That's 501-920-6096. You can email him at info, I-N-F-O, at tchcc.us. Our goal here at Real Life Real Care is to open up conversations like this one with Bill uh, on important mental health and relationship topics and also to connect the Central Arkansas community to local professionals in the mental health field who practice from a spiritually sensitive perspective. 
This show is not intended to constitute professional advice, nor is it a substitute for professional care for any individual or couple by a doctor, counselor, or family therapist. And the guests who appear on Real Life Real Care express their own opinions. You know, it's just a reality that sometimes we find ourselves dealing with circumstances or conditions that those around us simply don't have the education or experience to know what to do or how to respond. The Care Clinic, along with the JBU Graduate Counseling and MFT program in Little Rock, is meeting these needs by providing expert training and experiences to step into this gap and provide spiritually sensitive help when it's needed the most so that people can get back to the life and purpose that God designed for them to live. Life isn't always as it should be. The Care Clinic at Little Rock is here to help. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and thank you for listening to Real Life, Real Care.